Welcome to Donuts with Dudes, episode 21. It's September 25th, baby. Anthony and I have a great lineup for you dudes this week. For our first topic, we got an interesting theory surrounding the Jetsons and the Flintstones. What'd he say? What'd he say? For our second topic, our government couldn't find a $100 million F-35 jet for over 24 hours. What kind of shit is that? And for our final topic this week, are you dudes still balling out on NFTs? Hell no! And dudes, Cameron and I took a week off from interviewing, but we hope you enjoy the show. But before we throw this batch in the oven, Anthony, hit him with that great Donuts with Dudes track, my dude. Let's get it. Welcome to Donuts with Dudes, where we dive into the things that matter most to men, like sports, business, and mental conditioning. But we don't stop there. We also incorporate health topics, because being a well-rounded dude means taking care of yourself. We're your hosts, Anthony and Cameron, and we're excited to bring you this show, where we discuss hot topics and interview experts in their field, real dudes just like you. So sit back, grab a donut, and maybe some coffee, and join us in the bakery. Dudes, for our first topic this week, we found a pretty interesting little parallel found in some old household cartoon. I don't know. Everybody, as far as if you grew up from anywhere from the 60s on, everybody has watched the Jetsons and or the Flintstones. And we remembered that back in the 80s, the Flintstones and the Jetsons actually created a movie together. So after we figured that out, we're like, okay, hold on. Let's see if there's any parallels in here, because if you look at any other comic universe or cartoon universe, sometimes there's parallels. And what we found was pretty cool. If you haven't noticed, when there is uh, like the Disney films, like especially Toy Story, maybe Monsters, Inc., I mean, a lot of those uh, Pixar's, it's like almost a thing where they have something that's relating to another cartoon they did. Yep. So maybe this isn't brand new that Hanna-Barbera was on to something new before, or maybe they created it, dude. There has to be something crazy there. What we found is that if you go and watch the movie, there's a movie called The Jetsons Meet the Flintstones. And the movie was produced back in 1987, produced by the Hanna-Barbera Productions. And uh, if you guys don't know what Hanna-Barbera is, obviously they created the Jetsons and the Flintstones. But if you need any more context, as to what else Hanna-Barbera did. He's also responsible for the likes of Yogi Bear, Scooby-Doo, and a bunch of other franchise cartoons that we all were used to watching growing up, you know? And so in this movie, though, go, jumping back into the Jetsons meet the Flintstones, Elroy, who is George Jetson's son, is working on a time machine. Long story short, the Jetsons are looking to go on vacation. They get to take their vacation at right after Elroy finally finishes up his time machine and they want to go into the future, into the 25th century, to quote-unquote relax. I don't know what would be relaxing about going into the 25th century. Right. That just sounds exhausting to me, but who knows. But what happens prior to them jumping into the future, their dog Astro flips the switch from the future to the past. And so they're able to take this time machine into the past 
and they end up meeting the Flintstones. But there's some other really interesting parallels that we're finding in this in this story here is the theory that is going into the Hanna-Barbera universe is that the Jetsons come from an elite class of billionaires that were once a part of the earthly realm. Because we all know the Jetsons, they're, the way that they lived, they lived in the skies, right? They're their houses were in the sky, right in the space. Just futuristic. I mean, more futuristic than what we're doing right now. They're traveling around. They live in the sky. Right. So even more advanced than where we are now. Right. Exactly. So it's it's kind of interesting. Like they're you know they're living in this sky firmament, wherever you want to call it, and they end up in Earth. The theory here is that the Jetsons actually were a part of this elite class coming or spanning back maybe centuries before an apocalyptic event happened on Earth. The elites got to leave because they had the resources and the money to leave Earth, and the poor did not. They obviously didn't have the resources, so they were left here to either die, rot, and or restart a civilization. So if you look, if you were taking that, let's say it were to happen right now. The Jetsons started back in the the 1960s, but it was based 100 years into the future in 2062, and is inspired by a book that was predicted about what life would be like in 1975, okay? So that's kind of interesting, but they have their, the way that they live in the sky, right? And they're foreign to anything that could happen on a planet or anything like that, right? But they are they're faced to meet with this species down on Earth that the theory goes into and says that the Flintstones were just this left-behind race of poor people that were left on Earth, and the Jetsons came from the lineage of billionaires that were able to leave the Earth, and now they're just coming back and, and visiting into a period in the past, but a time in which after the billionaires had already left. Right. And I guess they, you know, if we can go to the theme song, or the Flintstones, correct? It says the, the modern Stone Age family, because like to what you said earlier, the post-apocalyptic, uh, the post-op, oh man, what, hold on. Post-apocalyptic? Yeah, that that's a damn tongue twister, bro, the post-apocalyptic. That even sounds like the beginning of a rap, bro. The post-apocalyptic. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, dude. So what they were doing is essentially you had the rich guys that left Earth after this whole thing, and then you got the, the poor ones that stayed on the planet. And, you know, to go a little bit further, they say that the Jetsons represent knowledge, growth, and complacency, while Flintstones represent ignorance, primitiveness, and hard work. So it's kind of like now. Yeah. Here's a, here's a, let's listen to the theme song real quick from the Flintstones. This is what Anthony was talking about. The reference in their theme song to, you know, maybe they are not so much of a, what we think of a true stone age in, in our timeline, right? But maybe a parallel into a modern stone age. Listen in. I'm sure you guys remember that. So, modern day Stone Age family. What yeah. does that mean? It's like, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like almost like today. If you look at the pyramids, you look at all these brilliant structures, uh, museums, all kinds of things. 
the technology is very difficult to understand how those things were built centuries ago, whereas now you don't really see that kind of thing. So it's, it very well could be the same parallel as now, man. Looking back to a time where we thought there was no technology, but it may have been better technology than we have, and we are the Flintstones. True. I, I like that one. I never considered that one. But one that I, I have considered is, are we living it right now? You know, you've got all these billionaires jumping into the space race. Elon with SpaceX. You got Jeff Bezos with Blue Origin. You got that dude, uh, what was it? Vir- Virgin Galactic, yeah. that Russell Branson. We're just trying to... I think he's I think he's already filed for bankruptcy, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, something. Was, well, he was the first one, so, you know, the first guy got to take his licks. Yeah, at least he's got that to go off of. But could this be potentially, this movie and this theory be the foreboding of what we're living out right now? You got all these billionaires burning up Maui. You got them building spaceships to get the heck out of here and start occupying Mars. Could this potentially be them getting rid of us and making their own elite status you know, elite status area. I think it's on point. I think it's right on par for the course, bro. Be honest with you. I mean, it's crazy to think, right? But dudes, what do you guys think about this theory? I'd like for you guys to go take a look at it. Obviously, watch the movie Jetsons Meet the Flintstones, and then take a look at this. There's there's some information if you Google the Jetsons meeting the Flintstones theory. Just Google that and see what you guys come up with and. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Join the conversation. You can do that by following the link in our show notes, or you can email us, info at donutswithdudes.com. Dudes for our second topic this week. And last week, some strange stuff going on in this world. Maybe it's just because we're trying to be more transparent. I don't know. But last week, we had an F-35 fighter go off the radar, unmanned, and flying for over an hour without our military not knowing where it was. Ain't that some shit, man? That's some crazy shit there, dude. Like, how do we have technology today? I mean, this machine, let's look at, hold on, let me see. How much an F-35 cost? I already looked it up. Hundred million. A hundred so how do we <laughs> how do we have a hundred million dollar machine and the radar don't work on it? Oh man, exactly. You ain't got GPS on that, you can't find them. Come on, man. So what, what happened and as this story kind of unfolded last week, obviously the military's gotta come out and this is this was a marine plane, so the Marines came out and made a couple statements about as to just what the heck went on. Like, how did you guys not know where this plane was? Because not only could they not track the plane and did not know where it crashed, they couldn't find it after it crashed for over 24 hours too as well, which is also interesting because, I mean, you would think this thing would be up in a big ball, flame of fire. And so the military came out and said, what happened is that a pilot, the pilot that was flying this plane was a veteran pilot and he'd been flying for decades, and there was an instance that caused him to eject. And so he ejects, and we've got a story that is also kind of interesting involving the ejection of this pilot. But apparently this plane flew by itself after the 
the pilot ejected from the plane for over 60 minutes and then finally crash-landed. Military is coming out and saying that this is actually a feature designed to protect the pilots and classified systems that could be inside of this new jet technology. The whole point is to steer people away from the pilot, so those two are far away from one another, and they want all of the information to self-terminate. Um, so if you're all over enemy lines, sure. you don't want someone to get get your the blueprint to your right. new technology. You know, for what I don't understand is like, you mean to tell me something's going to cost $100 million and, and it can't uh, fly back home? Some or or go land safely somewhere else. Like you have to destroy that. Yeah, you know. And uh, Lockheed Martin has delivered 190 of these variants to the Marine Corps, bro. That costs about 100 million dollars each. So just think about that money that's just into this. Over 10 billion dollars. Right. And it's a self-destruct thing, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a kind of an interesting period because I don't know that if anybody was watching this as this was unfolding. And there was a, a time period there. I think it was either Sunday or Monday of last week where we didn't know where this thing was. And a lot of people were thinking, was this thing like pilot saw a UAP and he was getting ready to get sucked up to the starship. And he was like, I'm getting the heck out of here. Ew. And so there was a time period where it was like, okay, well, maybe we got some extraterrestrial life that just wanted to see what kind of technology we got going on here on Earth. Yeah. You know, for real, for me, Barrow, that's exactly what went through my mind. I'm like, all right. Uh, you got these moon landings recently. What's our, what's going to... Mexico. You got the Mexico aliens. You got uh, all this other stuff to where it's like, well, is this our time now? Do we need some spotlight to be relevant in this space wars, you know? Right. Really what I thought, but hey. It's the new war of the 21st century, man. It's not about bombing each other. It's about showing what you got as far as technology goes. But kind of circling back to the pilot. Could you imagine sitting in your backyard, just having a nice evening, maybe sipping on a drink, smoking a cigar, you know, just having a good time. And all of a sudden, a homie comes out of the sky with a parachute and lands in your backyard. Well, apparently this is what happened in Charleston, South Carolina. This pilot ejected about a thousand feet from the ground and landed in somebody's backyard. I want to play a little excerpt for you guys. This is some of the audio from that call from dispatch when the pilot calls the 911. Take a listen. 938 South Cone Drive. What's the address of the emergency? It's 6938 South Cone Drive. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. Okay, um, it says that. Yeah. You want me to tell you you got ejected? I will get right back for a little bit, but. We, we, I guess we got a pilot at our house and he says he got ejected. So he ejected from the plane. So yeah. we just see if we could get some ambulance, please. I'm sorry, what happened? Uh, <laughs> we got a pilot in the house and I guess he landed in my backyard and we we're trying to see if we could get a, um ambulance to the house, please. And the address is 6938 South Kenwood Drive. Okay. Okay, so like, how, okay, um, what is the phone number that you're calling from? So, I'm sorry if you hear me laughing in the background. Um, that was honestly the first time that I'd listened to it, so I wasn't really res- ready for the response, but <laughs> you can tell this guy is in 
just complete disarray, complete disbelief, has no idea what to tell this dispatcher. What the heck is going on? You you're ejected <laughs> from a game or what? Right. <laughs> oh, man. I'm surprised they didn't edit that out because honestly, now we know where this guy lives. Yeah. You know, the pilot later goes on and explains to he hops on the phone. He's like, man, this guy's not getting it. And apparently the the dispatcher's not getting it. That's not that's definitely one as a nine one one dispatcher that it will probably take you back. And there's probably not a lot that would take you back as a nine one dispatcher, but because I'm sure they hear everything. But that's a new one, I'm sure. Because oh, even yeah. even the pilot is trying to convey to the nine one one dispatcher about what's going on. So here just to kind of take a listen here. We have a military jet crash. I'm the pilot. We need to get uh Rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash landed somewhere. I ejected. We have a military. Oh, it's wild. But they ended up finding this jet, ended up near a rural town, 60 miles away from Charleston called Indian Town. Um, but it took them, like we mentioned, over a day to locate the wreckage. Mm. I don't know why, but for some reason, I, oh, actually, I do know why. I guess it's because, like, what we were just talking about with all the aliens and UFOs and UAPs and all this is, like, for some reason, I can see, I, I visualize this pilot as Will Smith and Independence Indep- Day. Yeah. You know, where he's just, like, crashed, and then he's just walking, but then he's also dragging that alien with a parachute. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know why. But what I see, when I'm visualizing this in my head, that's what I see. Crazy, man. Dudes, what do you guys think about this story? Any other interesting findings that you found surrounding the F-35 missing plane? We would love for you guys to join the conversation. You can do that by hitting us in our show notes or emailing us, info at donutswithdudes.com. And for our final topic this week, have you dudes ever heard of NFTs. It was all a craze back during the pandemic. I remember back in 2020, 2021, everybody was talking about the the Cool Ape Yacht Club or things like that. And everybody, it was the newest thing that everybody was invested in, NFTs. It was kind of right around the, the crypto craze too, you know, because that's really when I got into it. I was like, what is this NFT stuff? Oh, you got some, you can get some artwork and, and it's worth money. So it's like a online art gallery type thing absolutely i I mean i I thought it was a cool really cool thing i mean so if you guys don't know what nfts are nft stands for non-fungible tokens not to be confused with non-fungible tokens right you like (laughs) non-fungible tokens that's a a fungible bro you were saying earlier you like fungibles i don't know what that means hell no (laughs) hell on but NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are basically, you, just like Anthony said, you've got a, a marker or a way to show that what you produced digitally, let's just say artwork, whatever it may be, is the original and is the only one, and it has this token applied to it that says, you know, non-fungible, that's what the, the word means, is that it can't be reproduced, right? And so um, it was all the crazy, and I remember... People blowing up, uh, selling NFTs. You had all these celebrities coming out that were creating their own NFTs and selling them for millions of dollars. I remember Mark Cuban was really into the game. Gary Vee was really into the game. 
And so it seemed like if you weren't talking about or investing in NFTs or producing NFTs, like that was a thing that was going to leave you behind. But I remember when they were saying that the artwork you would put up in your apartment in the metaverse or whatever. So, you know, so there was actually, you're going to see it somewhere online in this virtual space. I don't know, man. Where did that go? I guess, uh, what's the name? Oh, uh, we haven't talked about him in a minute, but oh, uh, Zuckerbergler, I heard the metaverse is flopping. Yeah, they so they've completely defunded everything uh, that's going into the the metaverse right now. They've stated hard times, and that they're not putting any more any more capital towards it currently. Mm. Right, but as of last week, a study examining more than seventy three thousand NFT collections found that ninety five percent had been valued at zero dollars or zero ether. Mm. So you got all these people investing into all these different artworks, and now all of it has just dropped to nothing, right? Like but, I said, just like the cryptos, bro. Yeah, man. Mm, yeah, they're shutting it down. They really are. I, it, it's interesting to kind of see where all, all this coming to a head Man, do you remember, or you've probably heard of the rapper named Tory Lanez? I don't. He's, well, he's been in the news more recently because he actually shot Megan the Stallion at a party in the foot. He shot her? Yeah, so they were at a party drinking. He was actually dating her at the same time and shot her in the foot. It like By accident? No, no they got in an argument. I think no. he was flirting with somebody or something. I'm being serious. <laughs> Anyways, so just two or three days ago, he's... uh He's starting his 10-year sentence in prison. But going back to the NFTs, in uh, I think it was 2021, he was the first artist, first rapper, to attach an album to an NFT. And he sold them for a dollar and sold a million of them in 57 seconds. Wow. So he was like, if you have the Dave Chappelle sample, I'm rich, bad. (laughs) That's, That's what was going on with him. People in the industry are basically saying that this is why he's going to prison for this is because he's screwing up the rap game and the industry by selling and making more money than the labels. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah, man, that's where where I was coming with these uh, these fungies, the fun guys. The fun guys. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love you're, it. You're like going, I told the you fungi. it's fungi. No, I don't care. <laughs> fungi. 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 So now it's estimated that 23 million people hold these worthless assets now. You know, that's the name of the game, right? When you get into an investment, whether it be a stock, whether it be cryptocurrency, whether it be art, whatever it may be, that's the the risk of getting into these things, right? Um, you got to flip it immediately or, or sit on it, have a timeline for it. Don't just sit there and wait on it because as we can see, man, I lost money in the crypto game and that's why I keep putting these two together is because it, I feel like you know it's very similar and it's all digital stuff and money and you're gonna lose it right because right. somehow the government's not making money off of it absolutely but dudes have you guys uh, participated or bought into any NFTs and are you sitting on some some worthless assets right now or or did you make it big on and flip it at the right time We'd love to hear your story. Join the conversation with us. Hit us in our show notes or email us info at donutswithdudes 
À d'accord. Well, dudes, that's it for our show this week. We didn't dive into an interview this week, but make sure to tune in next week as Anthony and I welcome Billy Lucci to the bakery. As always, you can find the links to all of our content on our link tree at Donuts with Dudes. And dudes, you can request a shout out or comment on today's show by following the link in our show notes or emailing us info at donutswithdudes.com. Dudes, remember, our mission is to make men better and smarter each week. So if you get a chance, share the show with some friends. And until next week, take care of yourself and we'll see you in the bakery for our next batch of our fresh hot topics.